Today on The Journey. On one hand, we need to be as aggressive as possible to save as many children and families from abortion as we can. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we need to be as aggressive extending the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ to those who have aborted children. What do you offer someone who has committed great sin? What can you give them that is greater than their guilt? In this broadcast, Ron Moore and special guest Brian Fisher talk about that as it relates to ending the sinful practice of abortion. First, please note the comforting devotional we'd like to send you. It's titled Refuge, and in its 90 pages, you'll discover the path to God's sheltering presence. It's available on our website at ronmore.org. Your gift today will help further this ministry of developing followers of Jesus Christ. And before we begin, a brief programming note. On today's broadcast, you'll hear Online for Life, referenced by Ron and Brian Fisher. Brian and the resources he talks about are now available at Human Coalition, which is found at humancoalition.org. So when you hear Online for Life, think and visit Human Coalition. That's all one word, humancoalition.org. Now here's Ron to introduce his special guest for a discussion titled, Grace for Life, On the Journey. Well, we want to welcome you to a special edition of The Journey this week as we focus on the sanctity of life, this great gift of life that comes from the hand of God. And today I'm joined by Brian Fisher, who is the author of a book we want to talk about today, Brian, Abortion, The Ultimate Exploitation of Women. Brian, welcome to The Journey. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. So, Brian, we go back a ways. We do. Don't we? Brian is from Pittsburgh, along with his wife, and we had the privilege of ministering together here at the Bible Chapel for many years. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, Jessica's not here with us, but your wife, Jessica, had such an influence on our oldest daughter, Brittany. She was in the youth group when Jessica was a youth group leader and was in Jessica's small group, and that was a blessing for us. Jessica ministered to her, and then uh, I remember after they got out of high school, Jessica would still have reunions. Right. She'd bring them back, and they'd have sleepovers. So we really appreciate you and your family. Well, I thank you. You know, this church has a prominent place in our hearts and in our family's history. Our children were born and raised really in this church, and for Jess and I, this is always home for us. So it's wonderful to be back here and to see how these relationships mm-hmm. continue to work for the glory of the kingdom. It's yeah. awesome. It's cool to see the journey that God has had you on and now has landed you in a strategic ministry online for life. I know, Brian, it started out as a volunteer thing that you did, but you had this passion for it, and you've taken it now just making a tremendous impact in the area of life. Talk about that. Talk about the vision and the scope of online for life. Well, it was 1999, and I was sitting in McGee Women's Hospital here in Pittsburgh holding my firstborn son, Caleb. And as I was coming to grips with what had just happened and the birth <laughs> of him and through the what was somewhat of a traumatic pregnancy, I sat there holding him just a few hours old. And I remember thinking for just a moment, we Americans abort tiny little helpless children like Caleb, my son. And then the thought was gone. But that moment started for me personally a journey of education. I've grown up in the church. I've been a Christian since I was six years old. And 
I never really had abortion on my radar. I would have said I was pro-life. I would have argued biblically for being pro-life, but had not done anything to really exemplify that belief. Mm. And in 2006, I was heading up a ministry in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and another gentleman from the chapel who you know well, Tim Kuchuriak, I had hired, and he came into my office and he said, I think we can save children from abortion using the internet. And I thought, well, that's a pretty awesome idea. And Tim's idea was if we could form relationships with pro-life pregnancy centers, community centers that are already on the ground in almost every major city who work to rescue children and families from abortion, if we could form relationships with those pro-life centers and use high-end for-profit internet marketing techniques to reach women who were in crisis, Mm -hmm. and instead of them going to a Planned Parenthood or to an abortion clinic, persuade them to go into their local pro-life pregnancy center, we might be able to save a few children from Mm -hmm. abortion. And so in 2007, we tested that idea. And we discovered that there's 2.2 million internet searches a month in the United States for abortion terms. So 2.2 million times 2. a month. 2.2 million, million times. a month. Somebody's going online searching for abortion. So maybe they have an unplanned pregnancy or whatever, and they just want to know where to start, so they Google it. They Google it. They search abortion clinic, RU486, morning after pill, I mean, all sorts of different searches. And so we realized at that point that there is an enormous mission field online mm-hmm. And we needed to be there. We needed to go to where the women were at and meet them in their point of crisis and give them every opportunity to choose life for their child. And that's how the whole thing got started. And it's been amazing to see what God has done with that. So the dream is starting to take fruition. It is, yes. Uh, Partnering with pregnancy resource centers around the country. I know you've started a couple and have plans to do many more. Built a tremendous staff. Yes. Talk about the partnership with some of these resource centers. Well, God's been so gracious to us. The organization, after the idea, was birthed in 2007. I started Online for Life in 2009, and we were volunteer for three years. We just were a bunch of business guys that were using our backgrounds in business and finance and internet marketing and media to try to reach as many women as we Mm -hmm. could. And then through an amazing story, a foundation funded us. They said, how much do you need to get started building this into a national effort? And we said $3.4 million, and they gave us $3.4 million, Hmm. which was a miracle. So now we started to hire and grow. And we discovered that sending calls into pro-life pregnancy centers was a great beginning, but that in and of itself doesn't end abortion. And that's what God has called us to do. He's called us to help end abortion in America. Mm -hmm. And so over the last three or four years as we've grown, we've basically found different problems that exist in our culture and have built solutions to those problems. So marketing is a huge problem. Reaching the people who are in crisis, that's step number one. But then we have to know what to say to them. They're hurting. They're in coercive situations. Some of them have been raped. Some of them have been battered. Some of them are in very difficult drug and alcohol situations. And so we built a call center. And that call center now is staffed by trained agents who understand and know how to speak with women and men who are in crisis. And then we began to look at, well, how do we actually minister to them when we're face-to-face with them? And so that's the stage that we're in now. We're actually looking at how do we most effectively serve a woman who's in a crisis pregnancy situation. And because we're a bunch of business guys, we measure it. Mm -hmm. We've built the infrastructure to be able to basically evaluate how effective we are at saving the children and the families from abortion. And so every month we get a little bit better and Mm -hmm. we get a little bit better. And so if you saw a chart that shows how many babies we've been able to rescue month over month, the line, the trend line is creeping upward Mm -hmm. as we learn how to do it better. That's great. 
We're talking with Brian Fisher. You're listening to The Journey. Brian Fisher is the CEO and president of Online for Life, a ministry to stop abortion. You know, I think a lot of times we make statements, and the statement is true. For instance, we say, don't abort your baby. And that individual going through that may be kicked out of her home, has no money to live on, has no place to turn. She wants to do what's right, and yet doing what's right is going to be extremely difficult to survive. Mm -hmm. I like what you said about serving a woman in a crisis pregnancy rather than just saying, don't. We can say, here, let us help you in this process. The factors that influence a woman to make a decision to abort are really quite complex, and platitudes or simple statements are not enough to solve those problems. The majority of abortions are coerced. So we talk about abortion as a woman's right, but the reality is it usually isn't the woman's decision. It's somebody else's decision who's pressuring the woman. Mm -hmm. So, well, when we minister to that woman, we need to understand and listen to what those factors are that are bringing her to that point of deciding to take the life of her child and then bring legitimate long-term solutions. So if she is without a job or she can't afford gas money, those things influence her abortion decision and those things need to be addressed and reconciled. So the process of bringing the gospel to bear, if you will, is not so much about you're carrying a human life, don't abort your child. It is, yes, you're carrying a human life who is sacred and created in the image of God, but also here is the tangible help to make sure that not only you choose life, but that we care for you beyond the crisis and that you have every opportunity to succeed and to flourish in your community and in your family. So there are those listening today and they're hearing about Online for Life. They like what they're hearing. How can they go get more information about Online for Life? I know you have an app that every time a baby is saved that shows up on my phone. So you have a lot of things that people can really engage in your ministry. Yeah, thanks for asking. We probably have three major resources. The best is onlineforlife.org. That's our main site, and access to just about everything we have is on that site, onlineforlife.org. If folks are on social media, our Facebook community continues to just be a very vibrant, proactive community. There's over 420,000 folks now on Online for Life's Facebook community, and they can get to us at facebook.com slash online for life. The app is a revolutionary technology. I can't tell you how excited I am about what this app is doing. Because of the technology that we're using, we're able to provide access to praying Christians all over the country to intercede for women who are right now Mm-hmm. at risk to abort, and they can pray for them in real time. So the app notifies anybody that has it that there is somebody in such and such a city who is considering abortion. Will you pray? And the user, the person with the phone, can pray and then swipe the prayer request, which indicates that they've prayed, and the app tracks the prayers. And so you have your own personal dashboard that allows you to see how many times you've prayed, but how many babies you've actually helped to rescue from abortion Mm. in a way that has never been invented before. The app also allows you to form prayer teams. So you can start in your church or in your small group or in your community or at your school, your own team, and you can set goals. You can say, hey, look, this group of 10 of us, we want to pray 1,000 times over this month for people. We want to pray for 1,000 women. And then the app tracks your goals, and it shows you how many babies your entire group 
has helped to rescue. So mm-hmm. it is really one of the most exciting applications of technology that we've seen because we are building a national, if not international, intercessory prayer force to pray for women who are at this very moment at risk to abort. And we are seeing life saved because of it. We believe, as you believe, that pro-life is a spiritual issue. In our culture, it has become a lot of times a social issue. Talk about the difference between pro-life as a cause and pro-life as a ministry. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think in America today, and in the church as well, we view abortion as a political issue, and that's where we hear about it mostly in the media. Such and such a candidate is pro-life, such and such is pro-choice. I think when we allow abortion to become politicized, we do great injustice to what it actually is. Abortion is the spiritual decision to take the life of one of God's image bearers. And in my view, therefore, the church is God's primary institution to deal with that issue. And when we talk to different church leaders and lay leaders, Protestant, Catholic, their hesitation for dealing with the abortion issue has to do with the fact that they view it as a political issue. And we have said, look, you cannot find a condition in America which has had the devastation and destruction that abortion has had. Mm. There has been numerous social culture leaders who said this is the predominant issue of our day bar none. And it is not primarily political. So Online for Life takes the approach of saying, we're going to minister to one woman, one family at a time, and we're going to work to rescue one child at a time, understanding that there's a multiplying effect. When a woman chooses to abort and then does, she is typically racked with grief and sorrow and shame and goes dark, won't talk about it, suffers for decades in many mm-hmm. cases. When a woman is going to abort and then has a transformative experience because of the gospel and receives care, tangible help, compassion, non-judgmental attitudes, she often becomes an advocate for life. So when you save one child, you are actually saving other children that you'll never meet. And that's the essence of community transformation. I mean, it's the essence of evangelism. It's the same formula. So I maintain that there is room and we need the political involvement. We need the activist involvement. We need the media involvement. I mean, the pro-life movement has to be comprehensive. Mm -hmm. However, what we have not done a great job at as a church and as a culture It's actually ministering to the women who are considering abortion. And that, to us, is going to make the fastest progress as we quickly move to end this Holocaust in Mm -hmm. our country. Brian, we're going to talk about this more, but I want to address this right now because someone has just tuned into the program. They've heard we're talking about abortion. They had an abortion in their past, and they're saying, you know what? I don't want to listen to this. There's just too much guilt, too much grief for me to listen to whatever else they have to say. Talk to that person right now and talk to them about the grace and the healing and the forgiveness and just the transformation that Jesus Christ can bring into their life. The cross of Christ is bigger than the sin of abortion. I'll say it again. The cross of Christ is bigger than the sin of abortion. That is a message which we need to be very vocal about in all corners of our country. We have a number of folks on staff who are post-abortive. They have aborted a child, fathers and mothers both. And they have all experienced the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ and through that have found freedom and redemption. Mm -hmm. 
the life of a Christian on this issue is a bit of a tightrope act because on one hand, we need to be as aggressive as possible to save as many children and families from abortion as we mm-hmm. can. At the same time, we need to be as aggressive extending the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ to those who have aborted children. And sometimes those balances get off and we can sound very hateful or vitriolic to somebody who has aborted or we can ignore the woman who is currently in a crisis situation. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to folks who had abortion who were spurned or shunned by Christians because they committed that sin. And on the flip side, there are so many women sitting in church pews today that are pregnant, scared to death to tell anybody because they don't want to experience shame from their church. We argue at Online for Life, we as the church, universal, have to be diligent to express the need to save as many children as possible, and that deals with sexual purity, and that deals with abstinence, and it deals with a lot of other issues. But at the same time, be very vocal that Christ died for sinners, and abortion is a sin that does not somehow transcend that. When you look at somebody like a Moses, or you look at somebody like a Paul, who murdered, and then God turned around and used them mightily in their work, we need to be very clear with folks. You can find full forgiveness and healing through Christ. He wishes that for you, and it would be no greater honor for me or you or anybody at Online for Life or here to have that conversation Mm -hmm. with them. We talk about King David, who's a man after God's own heart. God said that himself. And yet David committed adultery, covered it up by murder. Mm -hmm. How can he still be called a man after God's own heart? In David, we always find a tender heart who turns back to God, finds God's forgiveness, finds God's grace, and we pray that for anyone listening who has gone through this awful procedure of abortion and still feeling the guilt and the pain of that today. As Brian said, the cross of Christ is bigger than the sin of abortion, and you can get the help you need, and you can call into the journey. We'd love to pray with you and speak with you. Onlineforlife.org is another place you can go to get the help you need. We want you to know the grace, the forgiveness of Christ. We are told in Scripture to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth with respect for the person and in gentleness. That's a very important distinction, and there's part art, part science to those conversations when dealing with folks who are considering abortion today. I'm always fascinated by Jesus' response with the adulterous woman, and folks were gathering around wanting to throw stones and He says, who condemns you? And then he says, go and sin no more. There's both sides to it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was talking to a bunch of youth groups just two or three weeks ago, and I said, it's important that we understand that 85% of abortions in America are performed on single women. So the abortion epidemic in America is driven by sexual promiscuity and a lifestyle that is out of God's design. And... The word abstinence, sexual purity, these things have such a negative connotation in our society today. And yet, when we engage in behaviors that are outside of God's plan, death results. People die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's that serious. And so how we frame that with a public that is struggling to understand the fact that each person is precious, priceless in value, created by a loving God – and yet has certain designs for us for our own benefit, 
can be tricky. At the same time, unfortunately, lots of examples of that message being communicated poorly, that gives us opportunity to communicate mm-hmm. it properly, which I find to be highly optimistic and something that when done well, people respond to and, and they mm-hmm. hear, they listen. You're listening to The Journey, and it's a privilege for me to have here today Brian Fisher, who is a CEO and president of Online for Life. We encourage you to go to onlineforlife.org, find out about this ministry. It's a ministry that sees the issue of abortion as a spiritual issue, ministering to the individual one life at a time. And I like, Brian, what you say, serving the individual throughout the whole process of keeping the child and then helping them be able to have the things they need to make some decisions about the life of that child now instead of the death of the child. In every major city in America, there are pro-life pregnancy centers who are designed to help stop the crisis, to stop the killing of the child. At the same time, in every major city in America, there are parachurch organizations, church ministries, civil services that provide a host of other pieces of the puzzle. Everything from drug and alcohol abuse counseling to financial training to prenatal training to maternity homes, food pantries, every major city has those things. What we're doing at Online for Life is basically connecting the dots. In the cities that we're working in, especially two major cities, we are going around to those services saying, look, We want to help quarterback this process. When a woman comes to us with a crisis pregnancy situation, it's not enough to say, well, here's a business card. Mm -hmm. Go here next. We want to walk that woman through things that already exist in the city to help them with the ultimate goal of getting them plugged into a local church. Mm -hmm. Because as we've talked about, abortion is primarily a spiritual issue. Therefore, their spiritual discipleship is essential. And that model of not only just dealing with the woman in the crisis, but walking her through other support services to help her get back on her feet, to us is the fullest manifestation of the gospel in that it's centered around the work and the life and the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it's also the hands and the feet of the church ministering to those physical, felt, tangible Mm -hmm. needs. And as that continues to mature, we continue to see wonderful things happen. I mean, you've had the privilege, as have I, and you much more than me, of seeing a life that was destroyed and broken and what we thought was irreconcilable through the love of Jesus Christ and the help of other people become something beautiful, beauty from ashes. And that's the privilege that we have. And my point is, is that every major city already has that. It's a matter of coordinating that for the best service to the client who's in that crisis. Again, the resources mentioned in today's discussion are currently found at humancoalition.org. And please stay with us for a preview of our next time together. Are you looking for a place to shelter from life's inevitable storms? Is your heart desperate for a calm harbor to rest? Would you like to find safety and peace of mind where neither seems possible? Well, the place where those are discovered is described in Ron Moore's encouraging devotional titled Refuge. Within its 90 pages, God's promises of comfort, protection, and healing will revive your spirit. Refuge is yours for a gift of any amount at ronmoore.org. Again, that web address is ronmoore.org. 
or you may call 724-731-2018. That's 724-731-2018. Your gift today will help keep the journey on the air, developing followers of Jesus Christ. Now, let's rejoin Ron and Brian for a preview of our next broadcast. The book was a very personal journey for me because I had assumed, after being culturally conditioned, that abortion, even though I'm pro-life, was still something that genuinely empowered women. It gave them control over their bodies. And as I researched the history of abortion in America, I was not able to find women involved with the promotion, legalization, and ongoing perpetuation of abortion. Now, if you were to look at the news, there's hardcore feminists and organizations that now celebrate abortion as a woman's so-called reproductive right. But the reality is, behind the scenes has all been because of men. We hope you can join us for that discussion next time. And please remember that Ron's devotional booklet, Refuge, is yours for a donation of any amount. Whether dark clouds are gathering on the horizon or they're directly overhead, Refuge offers shelter from the storm. You can get it online at ronmore.org, or you may call 724-731-2018. That's 724-731-2018. Also, we invite Pittsburgh area listeners to visit our church website at biblechapel.org. There you'll find information about our area campuses and their ministries. They're located in Robinson, Rostraver, South Hills, Washington, and Wilkinsburg. Again, that address is biblechapel.org. And if the journey has brightened your day and deepened your walk with Christ, won't you tell your friends and family about our program? Finally, please keep in mind that the journey relies on your generous donations to remain on the air, developing followers of Jesus Christ. Your gift today will be deeply appreciated. Thanks for listening. And we invite you to join Ron Moore and Brian Fisher next time as we walk together on the journey.